Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. This episode is brought to you by Prospect, the premier streetwear brand and sneaker boutique based in sunny San Diego, California. Home to a curated selection of classic footwear from brands like Asics, New Balance, Puma, Saucony, as well as local and globally known streetwear brands like Belief, Ellist, Rottweiler, Stussy, and more, not to mention their own Prospect label and the iconic Just a Kid from Dago collection. Sneaker and streetwear enthusiasts can experience Prospect's curated boutique through their online store, and now you, Sneaker History listeners, can get 10% off all orders from the Prospect website with the code HISTORY10. That's promo code HISTORY10 at prospectsd.com. That's P-R-S-P-C-T-S-D.com. Georgian trying to shake off starts. Oh, what a move! LeBron James with no regard for human life. Zero seconds. Bryant for the win. Iverson against Gill. The crowd on its feet. Allen for the win. What up? What up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingball. With my guys Robbie and Mike to talk some kicks. What's good, fellas? How you doing? Yo, I'm doing good. Nothing to complain about here. How you doing, Robbie? I've been living in the world of Tamriel, playing Skyrim way too much. I don't know why I went on a tip. That's why I haven't been on the, the show for a while. I totally lied to everybody and said I've been doing stuff. And I've really just been playing <laughs> Skyrim for like 104 hours straight. Um, whether that's a lie or the truth, I'll leave you to interpret. But I'm doing good. This, this, this Dark Elf is doing pretty good. <laughs> Hey, that's a that's like the new trend, though, right? Is the uh, the uh, what is it the the follower parties or something or the like where the these like Twitch dudes stream for like like weeks straight in order to get their follower counts up, subscriber counts up. So what I'm hearing, yeah, is, just... we go podcast like a week straight. Just we go be stanky <laughs> and everything. Just let's go. I just hang out too hard and get lost for hours and <laughs> not quite that cool. <laughs> how are you, Nick? Always good, asking man. how others are. How are you? I'm good. I'm. Uh, yeah, it's wet, weather's pretty nice in Sacramento. We got a little bit of rain yesterday, last couple of days. So, you know, we got that like sunshine after the rain feeling today, which is is always good. So I'm nice. just trying to be thankful. Beautiful. Yep. But, um, well, I, I guess like before we get into the the. The regular business as usual. While Robbie was uh, often, you know, the uh, the digital Tamriel. world, the <laughs> yes. like or is it? in the Matrix. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Um, we we started a new concept, and because you know, a, a new uh, episode, short episode concepts to drop on Fridays called uh, "My Starting Five. And because we started with Kobe's sneakers. I figure we have to find out as the resident Kobe super fan, 
what Robbie's five are. So let's hear him. Dramatic pause, please. <laughs> okay. Kobe five prelude. Nobody had that on their list. And I was really surprised. That was definitely one where it's like, it's I'll now never obtain it because of prices, but whatever. Kobe six prelude. Another mm-hmm. one. I want to say those two shoes together. Some of the most gorgeous artistic pieces of footwear in history. That's a bold statement. But those are art. What the Kobe eight. I believe Rowett had it on his list. The not the godfather of what does, but the what the the best. The all-star game seven. I believe Mike had it on his list. Galaxy print. Can't go wrong. Flawless. Hyperdunk, Olympic, United We Rise. Yeah. I had to put non-Kobe model in there because I think that's Kobe at his best as the facilitating Mamba alongside Melo and D-Wade and LeBron. That was a lot of fun. And for my sixth man, Rowett wore these to my house last month. 2K4 LA All-Star Hirachis. Got the name mixed up there a little bit, but again... <laughs> The the Kobe before the Kobe's yeah. peak athleticism, peak so he he could shoot well enough like old Kobe, but he had all the peak athleticism of young Kobe with the two K four. I was like the perfect bridge. So that's that's my starting five plus one. Nice. Yeah, that's 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 a good list. We we actually might have to. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. But like we might actually have to do a non signature shoes Kobe episode. Because oh, day, even yeah. just just the stuff that he wore in that one season between, we could even do an Adidas one. But like just the stuff he wore in that season between would be uh, a, a fun a fun little my starting five. So uh, yeah, let dude. us know. Actually, let us know if you if you like that episode. If 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 there's topics that you want us to tackle, I think the the goal is to just have something a little a little quick and easy for your Friday that you can listen to, watch on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, something something to. Keep you a little entertained and give you a break from the real world over the weekend. So, um, that said, if you enjoy the podcast, you know, we haven't had a review for a, a few episodes now. It would be dope if you could head over to iTunes and drop us a review or on Audible. I didn't check there today, there might be a review, but Rowett is, uh, you know, recovering from his, uh, his second, uh, in, you know, what do you, what do you call a, <laughs> vaccination vaccination <laughs> that thing <laughs> yeah. I totally drew a blank there my mind is just not here right now so we'll he'll be back soon and and back to our regularly scheduled uh creative ways of reading the reviews because i, I feel like i'm incapable compared to row and you know after after he uh took it on himself to write a non-existent review for the one <laughs> review that didn't have a written review which was great so <laughs> He's a legend now. He's the, he's the, yep. he's the review legend. <laughs> but, all right, so what are you guys rocking? What are you guys copping this week? Ah, uh, two things I've been rocking. Uh, I've been rocking, I think, freaking me and Robbie's new team shoe is this white and black, the why not us question. You, you can't go wrong with it. Literally, since by my office door, I just jump right into it. And then the one i just kind of been – Wearing this weekend as well was the uh, ASIC Japan S. Man, I love this shoe. It is $70. I can actually get it. I'm trying not to like, it's so white, like blinding, but it's super dope. Decent leather. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I'm not having to fight freaking bots or resellers, and I've, I've, I'm happy with it. So rocking and copping. I'm I really. I know Robbie's gonna like kind of shun me for this, but I really won't pair those at most LeBron 18s. I don't care which color. And, uh, I got screwed on the uh, the sneakers drop because I was there waiting for it at nine o'clock. Nothing showed up when I refreshed, cut it off, turned it back on, draw closed. So, I saw they sold out, and I meant to text you like, "Did your ass buy these?" I tried, but, there's, but they the literally said, "Nah, you can't even enter a draw." Like that was a whole new low. Like not only did I lose a draw, but I couldn't even enter it. The so. LeBron eighteen low is an all time low. And I only say this because I care so much. It's like when you're, it's like when your kid comes home, historically an A B student, and they come back with a D, and you're like, bro, what is this? Bro, <laughs> what is this? apparently you say bro to your kids. <laughs> bro, what is this? I do sometimes. I'm not gonna lie, it happens. <laughs> bro, what is this bullshit? <laughs> you know better. <laughs> so that's just my opinion. Um, I have been rocking. We were talking before the episode started recording about how you used to be able to get Jordans easily. This should have been an easily attainable Jordan. The Q Rich Jordan 13. I wore them this weekend. I like that one. Man, yeah. I had a lot of people say, oh, that looks really good. I like that shoe. And it's a damn shame you can't buy it for like 200 bucks. You should be able to get this for $200, if not on sale. Um, I... I have the Chris Paul 13 PE, the Hornets one. Mm -hmm. Something about, I think the 13 is one of the best translated PE shoes ever, regardless of brand, because you can do so much with the pods, this mud guard and the upper. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you can really do, you can get super crazy, make them all different. You can just do whatever you want. So the Key Rich 13 has been a fun wear the past couple days. Um, that question, why not us though, is the, is pretty much is the team shoe. And I know Nick has a pair also, so we're all going to just hang out in a circle and wear them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then, uh, when it comes to looking to cop, it's actually going to be on this list of ours, the UNC four. It truly is a beautiful shoe. I know with the Michigan five and the Oregon five. And a couple other collegiate Jordans. I haven't liked the throwback Nike tag, like the jersey tag mm-hmm. on the shoe. I thought it looked stupid. But the Jordan 4, it's always had such a big flight logo there that whether it be a Levi's or Cause, or you can do like, that's the only tongue I think you can really mess around with. Or even like Kawhi 54, right? When they did yeah. the. The, the white and blue pair, but just put the Kawhi 54 logo on the tongue. That tongue is so big, you can you can slap weird logos on there. So I think that that jersey works on the Jordan 4 tongue and only that tongue. So I'm excited to maybe buy that shoe. How about you, Nick? What's on your radar? Um, so as far as what I rocked, um, today I rocked this uh, New Balance NB1 just basically like a custom 977, 997 um, nice. that I made. Uh, I've just been kind of on the New Balance thing quite a bit lately. Um, but as far as copying, I'm kind of bummed that I missed the the 
Adidas made to be remade uh, Ultra Boost. I really wanted to, to to grab a pair of those. Like I was texting Mike when they dropped because yeah. I missed my size, and I just think that I think that the concept, you know, it's like that on thing that you mentioned months back, Robbie. Like I'm just excited for those types of things because one, I I, I love the idea that it's you know that it's I don't know what they're going to do with the shoes afterwards, but at least in theory, it's a good thing for the environment too. But I just think it's a cool concept and I'm, I'm kind of just curious to see how it all works. And I'd love to be somehow, you know, get my hands on one of these that I can kind of be a part of that program and see what it's like and, and, you know, share with our listeners and, and write about it and create some YouTube content around it. Cause I just think like the, the concept itself, even though it's nothing too crazy, just like, Hey, send us back your shoes when you're done. It's just like, a simple thing and who knows how it'll work and like how much you can document. It. And I think this kind of has been like in my head, like I want to get involved in those types of things even more. So, you know, if you, if you listen to the episode that we had Aaron come on and talk about, you know, the Mars yard program, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Tom Sachs program rather. And like that concept of like documenting things to me is, is really fascinating. So I'm hoping that I can maybe find a pair of those, somewhere i don't know if it's transferable though like you know who knows if like you if you buy it on your adidas account because it was like one of those members only releases maybe you maybe you can't transfer it to somebody else so like maybe i couldn't if i bought a pair on the aftermarket i might not be able to get them but i i wouldn't be surprised if those are still available in stores so i might try to go hit up a store at some point in the next couple weeks and see if i can find a pair as they all else fell this is all gonna pair of white parley uh ultra boost and we'll just do it ourselves like yeah, exactly. same concept right <laughs> yep yep well today we actually want to talk about i don't know probably one of the craziest money freaking money things that's ever money. happened in in the sneaker world um i guess over the weekend the 2008 grammy pair of the yeezy one that kanye wore the very first pair that we ever saw publicly um sold through Sotheby's for $1.8 million to an app called rares, which is like an invest, a a fractional investment app. We'll get into the fractional investment thing in, in a, in a bit, but like I was trying to think of any moments that are more like just I don't know what the word is. Cause like that moment Shock. is like a, is like beyond so many Jordan moments to me only because it's, it's, it's in the middle of social media becoming a big deal, right? It's in the yeah. middle of like, you know, the, the Facebook resharing and the Twitter and all of that stuff. So like, I, of course, am, I would rather see, you know, a Jordan, you know, switching hands, over the Lakers or, you know, crushing, you know, the jazz multiple times, like any of those moments to me are more important, but they don't have that like virality that like everything Kanye has been a part of being on the internet does. Right. Even when you didn't have Twitter blowing things up or Instagram blowing things up, you had all those, like all those, like, you know, blogs that like stalked all the celebrities and like, you know, just Jared and that were like Kanye was on all those blogs every single day. So what do you guys think? $1.8 million for a pair of shoes. 
I, I, I just need to say that I'm really pissed off my bid of 1.4 didn't win. Dang. I thought I had it in the bag, so man. Close, dog. I thought I had it in the bag. Man. Dang, it's going to be weird because they coming in on Tuesday, so this is kind of weird. I bought this. <laughs> it's going to be really awkward. Next episode is going to be really awkward. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy, though. I never would have thought that um, – you look at a celebrity shoe, although it is Kanye, you would, it would go more than than something that a Michael Jordan like game worn, like the actual shattered backboard shoe with a piece of glass still in it. I never would have thought that that would go for less than Kanye sneakers, which I think I can't remember who it was. It, it might have been one of you guys, or I, can't, I heard it somewhere. But they made a good point though. It made me kind of think of it, is that there's a lot of Jordans out there that potentially have a signature, potentially he's worn because he's gone through a lot of them. And there was only one of those, which I guess drove the price up. It's just one point eight million dollars. Like, I that's a that's a that's a lot of things you can buy with that, and no one's even gonna wear those. They're gonna sit in a room somewhere, and people are gonna put like, I'm gonna go to that website. Here's ten bucks. I want ten bucks worth of that shoe. Well, so that is like the next step for this, right? Yeah. I just mm-hmm. pulled up the site, June sixteenth. Uh, which is also Tupac's birthday. Shout out to Tupac mm-hmm. fans. I know. I know. I probably uh, JP Sneaker Savannah is the only uh, the only other guy that know that uh, knows that by heart. But anyway, hey, I have ambitions as a, no, I have ambitions as a writer. So I'm just saying. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So it says reserve your spot June 16th. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna go through that whole thing, but obviously this shoe is super crazy. I mean, first easy, you know, they're saying that it it you know launched the or inspired the world tour, launched a multi billion dollar brand, eventually become the most valuable sneaker in the history of the world. Um, yeah, dreamt up by Kanye and Mark Smith and Tiffany Beers, the innovation kitchen during two years of intense effort. They combined design elements from several early Jordan shoes and added Kanye's signature single strap for comfort. The shoe features a glow-in-the-dark outsole, a translucent red Y-shaped lace lock, soft plush leather material. The shoe's design hammered home the idea that signature footwear should sit at the intersection of premium quality and iconic design. After touring museums around the world, the, the Air Yeezy one was obtained by Rares in a record-setting deal with Sotheby's and will be made available to the sneaker community that made it so valuable to begin with in the summer of 2021. So I actually think that $1.8 million in terms of a crazy marketing stunt is like nothing, right? Like this is what tech companies do all the time. Like, you know, they're going to get their money back. People are going to buy this because they think that the value of this is going to go up. Um, I do think that like this shoe is super dope. It's like probably the one it's, the, as far as the easy one goes, the black, the black and pinks, uh, the, whatever it was, I forget the nickname, but like this version is, is by far my favorite, the black and pinks like that actually released being the, oh, the blink. The I think that was the blink. blink. Yeah. The blinks. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I don't know, like, I'm not completely sold on investing in parts of a sneaker, you know, like, I'd rather Me either. I, I'm just not like, that focused on, on money, I guess, you know, maybe mm-hmm. if I was just like, only about making money and, and doing the fractional thing, 
but I do think it's, it's intriguing. I think that, you know, there's a lot of like, I I'm, you know, a follower of rally road and like a, a couple of other of these platforms where they're breaking things down into fractional investment things. And like, you know, I think it's cool that people can actually invest that normally wouldn't invest. But with something like this, I just don't understand how you ever really see that investment pay off because not until they sell it, they would have I mean, to you sell can, it before you... you can sell your fractional investment to yeah. other people, right? If you're one of the early ones and then the value goes up, but like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's no I mean, different than, than like a Bitcoin or any other kind of, you know, investment, fractional investment specifically, right? Like if all of us went in and bought a car or a house, it's no different. Yeah. If it appreciates and we want to sell it down the road, we get a little bunny back. But to me, it's, it's like, where do we, where do we draw the line into like fractionalization of everything that's out there? Right. Because like, you know, shout out to the Zion's energy drink I'm drinking, but like, do you guys want to buy the last couple of sips? Like just Venmo me and I'll, I'll save it for you. Like it's just, <laughs> it's the most, it's the most annoying thing ever. How like this time or generation assumes that everything's going to hold and have value. Yeah. It's like the ultimate, to me, it's just like, it's snake oil 2021, right? It's just like. People have been clowning people and a sucker has been born every day since the beginning of time. Like we're all stuck inside. Like, how can I make money off somebody? All right. I'm gonna get other people to buy these Yeezys for me. This is really over explaining just to be funny. Like <laughs> if other people buy these Yeezys for me. Then I'm gonna split it up like a piece of pie and everybody's going to get it. And they're going to think that they're going to resell that later and make money. It's a fucking pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's already, I could be wrong, but what if I could be right too? What if Kanye starts eating people? What if Kanye becomes a cannibal and people stop messing? You laugh. Nobody thought the juice was a murder until the juice was a murder. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you never know. Bill Cosby's Mr. Huxtable until he's not Mr. Huxtable anymore. Like people had some really rare OJ Simpson shit back in the day thinking like, yeah, I'm going to sell this OJ Simpson card for a crap ton of money in 2050 because he's going to be God by then. And it's going to be like fantastic. <laughs> Lo and behold, that card probably is not worth the same amount of money because of his transgressions in the nineties. <laughs> so Kanye, I don't think he's going to start eating people, but things could happen. <laughs> I think it's, I would, I would rather bet the field, the field of shit happening to somebody versus <laughs> everything staying perfect and that pair of shoes climbing the Mount Everest of investment and is going higher and higher and higher and higher and everybody can eat. To think that your grandkid's going to eat because you bought some Kanye shit, a fraction of a Kanye a shoe in 2021 is the most the stupid. It's the most stupid, pretentious, like, go turn the internet off right now. The show turns <laughs> off. So other things happen too, but everything shuts off. You don't own a piece of that shoe anymore. And some dude sitting with a $1.8 million pair of Yeezys in his house. Well, dude, it, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, take the internet away. What is, what is all these things? 
Yeah. Banking banking is so digital now, but banking has been around since, you know, the 1500s, since people started figuring out organization of coin. So it's like that you can turn the internet off tomorrow. There's going to be hoopla, but they're going to figure it out. Like your investments technically are, are still can, can yeah. still be there. Well, Coca-Cola is still there, you know, like whoever you're investing in is still there. You turn the internet off. One dude has a Yeezy, or maybe they have one shoe in one place and one in the other. <laughs> maybe two dudes it. have them. But, like, off the end of the day, you can split something up digitally as much as you want, but it's only one pair of shoes sitting there. Yeah. I mean, it's it so stupid. In 2021, I feel like literally everything's for sale. And the air I'm breathing, I could sell it right now. I could put it in a jar, sell it to somebody, 10 bucks. But it's, it's almost like we're just, like, it's like me getting this. This paper towel and say, "Hey, this is a hundred bucks." I could just tell you it's a hundred dollars, and you have you're gonna believe me for some reason. But it's like like the whole thing. I'm not gonna get on that tangent because I'm still trying to figure it out. But it's the whole like the NFT thing, like the Top Shot. I I'm still looking at Top Shot. I'm like watching people sit in line. Like I have a like I thought about oh maybe I buy a couple, flip a couple of them, but a I can't justify buying something I can see on YouTube. B <laughs> I've watched, I set one of the lines one time and it is like, oh, there are 12,000 packs. There are 300,000 people in line. I'm like, what are you people doing? Like, you don't even have like the television rights to this clip, but yet and still someone's going to pay you a grip of cash for something they could have downloaded on YouTube and just watch on their phone on a daily basis. What? We are literally selling everything. I can, there's another website too, Nick, that does the fractional investments. Talking mm-hmm. about nope, oh, I could buy this piece of shoe. I could buy I'm like, well, I don't ever get to touch it. Like at least let me like the things I buy. I know I can. Ooh, I have it. Or if I know it's, if it's a stock or something, I know okay, it is a real investment. But I can't justify I'll giving someone money it. to say, hey, you own this piece of thread on this Yeezy that you're never ever going to see. But see, so there's two ways that I look at this that kind of just to play devil's advocate. I think that. If you're just into making money, more power to you. I'm not knocking yeah. that at all. But let's use the StockX model, for example. When I worked there, we we literally discussed, you know, I mean, this is the early days of StockX, right? But we discussed having some form of, you know, the, the thing that GOAT does now, right? They hold your product if you don't want it because you're just buying it as an investment and then you can yep. flip it on GOAT again and save some of the fees. And I think that's probably what a lot of people do. You know, I think a lot of people are, one, like having the economy the way it is and so many people unemployed, there's, you know, there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of, there's a, a lot more people struggling right now than there was, you know, pre-pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And those people can't take advantage of, this, of the situation the way that all the people that have been making good money never, you know, the pandemic didn't hurt them. So you have this like, hey, I'm trying to get out of this whole mentality on one side of the coin. And then you have this like, I'm just trying to make more money on the other side. And all of these things kind of fall into that to, to Robbie's point about like, yeah. you know, it's like people sitting at home, they need to turn the internet off and go out. But I also think that this, you know, kind of to Robbie's point about the prelude, Pat Kobe's, right? A lot of these sneakers are art now. This is the modern version of art. Like, 
if you're a, an art collector, you're not buying art. I mean, I hope that to some extent you're buying art because you like the art, but right. there's a lot of art collectors that just buy the art as an investment anyway, right? They want to have it. They want to look at it, but then they eventually want to get rid of it. That's just part of the ebb and flow. Like, honestly, like I kind of envy that mentality because I would probably have a lot more space in my house. I would have a lot less sneakers, car parts, all that stuff. I would love to get to a point where it's like, hey, I'm only going to keep this, I don't know, 100, 200 pairs of shoes and everything else has got to go. And I let go of things. I'm just a hoarder. So I'm still trying to figure that out for myself personally. But I think as far as art investment goes, this is really fascinating to me because there, there is no art that's out there that hasn't been completely um, – I don't want to Bastardized. Sound, yeah, like, I, that, like, I, I, like you can see all these cause things behind me, right? Like I love Cause's work. I'm a huge fan of what he's done. He's I've been a fan for a long time. I bought a lot of that stuff when things were good, mm-hmm. but I bought them because I couldn't get them the first time around. And then when I get them now, like, you know, or I got them, you know, these are four or five years old now. Like to me, I never bought them to as an investment, you know, like I'm not going to sell them for dirt cheap just because it's not like I hate money, but it's like, I, I'm not like, I, I'm not like looking to like, you know, sell any of the stuff anyway, right now. I mean, maybe in the future I do. And at that point it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to try to make money off of this. But I think the other thing about like this particular concept of like fractional investment, it's, it's a way to play the game and hope that you, you know, like all this stuff to me comes down to like the, uh, the addiction that is gambling for most of of the world, right? Most of us, you know, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I've been buying cards again, like I shouldn't be. Uh And, Uh and like, you know, depending on what you get into, like you can go down these rabbit holes like crazy. This can be that, like you said, NFTs, but don't do it. I'm also, I'm also (laughs) super optimistic that like this kind of thing is going to change the way that we, that we actually exchange money and value, right? Like, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I'm actually, I mentioned it to you guys before. I'm like kind of working on something like this, that if you just took away the, like the side of this, that says these are worth a dollar amount and instead let collectively the people decide what the dollar amount is, Mm -hmm. you know, that's an interesting way to go about it. And I think that there's, I think there's a lot of people that are thinking about different ways to do it. I think that's why you see Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other, you know, Dogecoin and all these other like cryptos that look, people are just like, hey, this system sucks. Let's go see if, if we can figure out another way to work it. I don't know that any of that stuff is going to work long term. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Obviously, we're not trying to give like financial advice over here. Yeah, but I think that it's I think that it's awesome that people are out here trying new things and trying to figure it out. I do not think any pair of shoes is worth one point eight million dollars. But as a marketing ploy that's going to draw in hundreds of thousands of views, hundreds of thousands of potential people that say, hey, I'll put five bucks on those Yeezys, you're obviously going to get your money back. What if you got the Flu Game 12s double signed by Michael Jordan and you got to play basketball with him and you got to beat him? 
<laughs> nah, he, I can't win. That because that's not the real experience. It's not a real experience. I, <laughs> he needs to, he needs to like beat me like I stole something basically during the game. That's the only way it's gonna work. No, you get to beat him. You get to beat uh, Michael Jordan. No, I want the full experience. You want the full Jordan experience. That's not Jordan experience if you win. Then you go to the steakhouse. You go to the steakhouse <laughs> and you smoke a cigar with them, hang then out. You go gamble. <laughs> so this is kind of becoming more make Those are the things that I think are going to be interesting, right? Like those are the things like with the NFT stuff where you're starting to see artists throw in interesting real world experiences and, and things that, because, you know, like there's... Well, it's it's because... They want to throw that real world stuff in because they know people are suckers. So if they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna buy this digital thing," oh, I get, I get a 15 second um, cameo from Cameron. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, damn! This is awesome. Like the Cameron tip set. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for one of mine. Like, I don't think any shoes worth 1.8 million. But if something back here decides it wants to be worth that much, it could be worth 1.8 million. Like, yeah. I, if I could sell it to somebody, 100%, I'm just not buying it from anybody. Well, I mean, what's it's just super annoying because it's like, it's ultimately is really good marketing. Like, yeah. you're, 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 you're telling, you're getting people to think that something's worth $1.8 million when anybody with, I guess, we don't have hive mind or hive wallet because that's what it is, right? If you know everybody's going to come and back your investment. You just gotta front the money, but you pick the everybody right else thing. is gonna pay you back. Yeah, you but pick like, the right thing, and people are gonna come back and buy it. Like the Yeezys, like how many people in the record industry, industry, and just rich people who like sneakers are like, I want a piece of that. Dude made his money back like that. You buy the right thing, you're, you're good. So I do just have to end with saying that it is also bringing in like pop music aficionados. Mm-hmm. Grant, like we, the Grammys were what? No, that was the Oscars yesterday. But yeah. like, it brings in a lot of people. Like, a lot of people care about that stuff. A lot of people yeah. care about performances there. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of people, like, especially if being in LA, there's somebody who is like the heir to uh, somebody, you know, some executive somewhere who has millions and millions and millions of dollars who is like, oh, I love Con, I love Kanye. That's so cool. Like I'm yeah. gonna buy those shoes, and I can. So it's just like it's it's it brings in more than just sneakers. Kind of the same way, the Snyder Cut was supposed to like have all these people come and be interested in Batman and Superman. It's like ah, the fans are like Mike and I are interested, but to everybody else, it's four hours of a movie they've already seen. I watched it twice. So Actually, yeah, no. see, <laughs> but 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 to a lot of people, it's like oh, I've already seen that movie, tw- like, and I want to see it again for four hours, but. That's the sneakerhead, but like this appeals to so much more people with deeper wallets than a sneakerhead. Yeah, like the mayor. You think mayor has one point eight? I'm not like hanging on whatever mayor has like in his stash. He probably is a very wealthy man. But like Hollywood money, come on now. Like it's just like a whole different like. <laughs> oh, what Lambo am I driving today? Like one of the six. Like, it's just like a whole different level to like, so those people could then be in the conversation for that Kanye issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you got like the 50th anniversary or the 50th annual, you know, like that, that's an easy selling point. Obviously like this is like, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure this is like the super emotional performance where he's like crying about his mom because his mom had just passed away. Like it's got all of the like perfect storm of, of stories right and perfect storm of like i mean just 
I don't know. Like, what if we take this shoe out and say Kobe, Kobe's 81-point game or Kobe's last game? Would you fractionally invest in that shoe? Because collectibles and memorabilia yeah. have always been worth a lot, right? But I think that it's only worth a lot to a very small Subset group of people. people. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think sports memorabilia is – such a casual thing people get. So I think it would be, well, I would say it's easier to convince somebody to buy that over the the Yeezy, but clearly someone bought it. But I mean, I feel like you have more people out there who would be kind of clamoring to buy the 81 or the final game uh, shoe from Kobe, but no one's going to pay nearly $1.8 million for it. Typically sports memorabilia is just not, I, I don't, I haven't seen the, I mean, what you got Jordans that are going for what the was a couple, I'll say a couple hundred, but, hundreds of thousands of dollars, I think it's going to be hard to raise the price up for any other player since he kind of sets the, in, in a lot of people's minds, he sets the bar of what things are worth. But this was just kind of a, a beast within, within itself because like we were saying, it, it catches more than just one set of people. It catches the, you know, the music heads, the sneaker heads, uh, you know, anybody who just wants to be a part of pop culture. That's just a pop culture moment so you just got so many people there that just pushed the value higher than you would expect it to be i think i think too like there's like the the other thing about some of this collectible stuff is like you know if you go to you know like vegas for instance right there's always places mm -hmm. in vegas that are like hey come, you know this is like you, you want a bunch of money gambling you feel good come buy, come buy your, back <laughs> buy, buy your next thing from us right and there's a lot of places that that make this type of thing a part of their marketing too, right? I mean, I think of like, uh, you know, when I was a kid, uh, the Planet Hollywood that used to be up at Lake Tahoe yeah. had the Batman suit with the sixes, right? Sold. I didn't even think anything of it back then being, you know, something I would – wish I would have, I don't know, taken pictures of or whatever back then. I remember thinking, oh, that's crazy, like, getting to see it in person. But, like, you know, that people do that. that they, they have these – I mean, I don't know if they still have Planet Hollywoods. I think feel like they went out of business. But, like, you know, like, <laughs> these are things that, like, you have big corporations like that, that it's nothing for them to spend that kind of money. So on the, on the other side of this whole conversation is I do think that – personally, I think this shoe is going to be worth more than $1.8 million the way – the internet connects people to things, you know, where we're, we're seeing people just buy ridiculous things all the time now on the internet, NFTs yeah. being a great example. But if you can prove that something is one of one, like, the, you know, that's the thing about NFTs to me that's really fascinating is like, yeah, there's like the copied and pasted things. But if you actually owned something mm -hmm. and we ever get to a point where ownership actually becomes important on the internet, where like, you know what I mean? Like right now, yeah. people don't really care about things that are retweeted and reposted. But if it ever changed and things were like, hey, you had to own that to post it. I mean, that would suck for one thing that because be you wouldn't be reposting. You wouldn't be able to share each other's stuff. But like this shoe being a one of one and being, you know, arguably Kanye's most important shoe. I mean, I don't even think it's an argument, right? There isn't a shoe that matters in the story of Kanye more than this shoe. Like. Personally, I would rather have the 180s that he wore with the bear on them. 
or maybe even some of the Louis Vuittons that he had. Yeah. But like this shoe is, you know, I don't know. Like this is the, like the shoe, right? Yeah. That's some that's some real dark mirror stuff, Nick. So now I'm thinking like there's going to be a point where you have to pay like 25 cents to retweet. Like no, what? No. I'll be done with the internet, guys. I'll I'll see you later. No more internet for me. I don't th- I don't think it would be like where you'll pay for for retweets and stuff. I think that it'll be more on a more on a like, uh, hey, this this person's doing cool shit, so I'm gonna you know buy them lunch today and share some of the stuff that they've been doing. I think it's going to be you can do that right now, right? You can do like a. Don't say there's a new Twitter thing, like like the Twitter. I don't know. They're doing something where can't you do like pay content on Twitter now? I can't remember. I mean, you can do it on all different platforms, right? Like you know, if you use the Brave browser, like you know, you can donate to people, donate to creators. If you you can do the buy me a coffee thing, like I did that for some of the sneaker combos. If people wanted to support in that way, you know, obviously Patreon, like YouTube has its thing, Twitch has its subscriptions. That part of it is never going away, right? But as people start to like, we have a million things that we don't even look at on the internet. And as people start to figure out, Hey, like I'd rather not share this with Instagram and Instagram, make all the money off of my posts or, you know, YouTube or Facebook or whomever. And I want to just share this with my community. I think we're going to see people kind of like we do on discord. Right. I mean, out of a hundred and some odd people on Discord, I bet you like eighty people on our Discord barely post to social media on a regular basis. Like sure. most of the people that are in there are like, yeah, once in a while I post to Instagram or Twitter or something, but like they post in Discord twenty, thirty times a day sometimes. And yeah. I think that's the I think that's kind of the we've gotten to the point where everything is massive on the internet. We're 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 moving back to a place where everything is kind of like coming back into communities and becoming more like people are just going to care about what they're doing more instead of just putting it out there for free and putting it, you know, like supporting whoever's going to take money off of them. But yeah. I, don't I ain't hoeing for free. No mo. <laughs> <laughs> Two yeah, fifty I, to look $5 to touch. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing is like, you, you know, I, I wouldn't surprise me if this goes into a museum of some, I mean, it already has, right? Like it's been in the bottom mm-hmm. museum and, you know, in uh, I think four or five different places. Right. And those are the types of things where we don't think about it, but like, you're going to pay 30 bucks to go into a museum and see that artwork. Mm-hmm. Right. Like whether it's sneakers or whether it's a cause, you know, exhibit, like mm-hmm. I've been to plenty, like I love doing that stuff. I don't have, mm-hmm. you know, I don't spend a ton of money on that stuff, but like to go see it and have that experience to me is way more valuable than, you know, like a fractional investment. But that's also like, this is also like the first time that they're taking that museum experience and turning it into the investment thing. And I think that, you know, it's, I think it's cool that they're trying it. I don't know if it's going to be successful. I mean, there's so many people trying all these different things with fractional investment right now, but Mm -hmm. If it's going to be successful, this shoe, I think, is like the perfect shoe to, to prove it, right? Because yeah. the one thing about like all the Jordan memories we've talked about or the Kobe memories we've talked about is that that's an old generation. That's my age and, and up, right? Like, And now you've got something that like Kanye is the internet, right? Like he's, a, he's, he's been a meme since memes existed. 
the original meme. It took Jordan going to the Hall of Fame and crying to, to become a meme, right? Like Kanye <laughs> was already a meme. <laughs> I mean, sure, I, I can't think of anybody either. Like Travis Scott, let's just be honest, not big yeah. enough. There, yeah. There's just like people... And even like people who are big enough musically are again, like Nick was saying, another generation. Like yeah. my first thought was Prince. I'm like, what if Prince had some gangster ass like Adidas forums from his high school days that he hit the game winning shot in and he happened to sign, but that's an older generation. Yeah. As cool as that would be, <laughs> that, that yeah. is an older generation. And but like my my second thought then goes to like, all right, Jay-Z, what if the shoes that Jay-Z wore in the Crazy in Love video, which is where Beyonce and him fell in love, and, you know, you can like build a story around that, but that's just not, that's, it, it's not as big. People like, saw Kanye as a fashion icon. That's what makes it even more. So you, again, we have another person in the mix, a, a fashion enthusiast. So no one looks to Jay-Z to say, oh, what is Jay-Z doing? Like, Jay-Z didn't, he had his, I guess, the, the Rock Nation or the Reebok, um, you know, whatever shoe. I can't remember the name of the shoe right now. He, the, uh, the S. Dot Carters. He had those. He had, the, of course, the Rock Nation Air Force Ones. But this was just something that's un, like, unheard of. Like, Tiny had his own shoe. This was the first one. He had to give back to Nike, if I'm not mistaken, once he was done with it. I don't, I, when it comes to this, it's going to have to be somebody that just does something original. Uh, like I said, Travis Scott is never going to be big enough. And the thing is, everything you have Travis Scott is wearing is available some way or form at this point. Even if it is kind of relative, you know, expensive, but you can find it just about. Um, and or there's fakes or whatever. But I don't. I have never seen a fake of that shoe. Like there's nothing else floating around with it. There's no one with another pair that we know of. No one's even trying to make UAs of it. Is it's just his own moment in time. So I kind of, I guess equated to not necessarily a sneaker, but a shoe, but isn't Elvis's blue suede shoes in like the Smithsonian or something. That's probably the most, that's the thing I can equate it to the most because that again, or different set of rock. people, but that was a moment in time where it's, there's a song about this shoe, you know, Elvis wore those in front of crowds and millions of people, so on and so forth. That's the only thing I could, kind of say this is maybe close to equal well and that's the thing like okay so if it goes into the smithsonian that doesn't mean that people make money off of it right if mm -hmm. these shoes go to the smithsonian that doesn't mean that anybody makes money off of it it just means nah. that like let's say the rears app you know donates it yeah. or whatever because most of those things come through donation like there could be a value attached to it and those people could take a tax write-off or people could buy it for that specific reason and, and all of that stuff but it, I think that like it's just hard to fathom, but I, I mean, I know that like sneakers in general are becoming more and more high level, right? In terms mm -hmm. of the artistic, the collectability, all of that stuff, right? Not, and I'm not talking about flipping a pair of you know off whites. I'm talking about like genuine people that want to, you know, buy something, buy a pair of shoes or multiple pairs of shoes or a collection, mm -hmm. whatever as like hey this is my art piece this is my thing i'm collecting and to me you know it, it, i just i think like eventually somebody will come along and be like yeah i just need those 
on display because I'm going to have this crazy ass party or I'm going to, you know, perform at the Grammys for the 75th anniversary and I'm going to wear them or something crazy like that. But who knows? I don't know. Um, I, I think it's a fascinating topic. I think it's it's dope that the Rares app did this. You know, we'll obviously link to them in the description. You can check them out. They obviously are a new company or seem like a very new company. The, the first post on their Instagram was only in March, and they really don't have a whole lot even on their site right now. But it seems like they're ramping up. So um, definitely uh, uh, got people, us included, talking about them. So, um, But that pretty much wraps up for this episode my name is Nick Ingvall. You can follow me at Nick Ingvall at Sneaker History. Guys, let them know how they can follow you. Yeah, at Sneaker History, of course, but you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789 and on YouTube at Mike Guillory. Robbie, where can they find you, bud? Yeah, you can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. Right on. We appreciate y'all rocking with us. Let us know if you're going to be investing in the Yeezys from the Grammys on Rare's app. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. See ya. Bye. Hey, y'all. Nick Ingvall here. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a portion of your week hanging with us. And if there are any ways that we can improve the podcast for you, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory and join us for as little as five bucks a month. That also gets you access to our Discord group, which is a lot of fun. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We just started uploading our videos there now, so you can watch the video version of the pod and a lot more. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. It's a small gesture that can go a really long way to making somebody's day a little bit better. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.